Welcome back, everyone. This is Tom Parrish with the Tom Parrish Interview Show. And with me today is Rob Bissett. Now, I met Rob, actually, I met Rob first on Twitter, to tell you the truth, on a colorist list. Saw him responding on various topics. And Rob was a demo meister for Black Magic in NAB 2013, and in particular for Resolve 10. So he was like the first guy I came up to. Monday morning and said, tell me about this Resolve 10. But before we get going, Rob, I'm just going to have you introduce yourself. I know you're a colorist and you're there in the Boston area, but give us a little background about yourself, how you got into that and what you're doing now. Sure. Well, first, you know, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show. Sure. It's always nice to connect with people and meet new people and just chat about shop here. So I work at Finish Post, which is a post house based in Boston. We do offline, online, color correction, kind of the whole, the whole ball of wax. Mm-hmm. So I've been working at Finish since 2005, and I've had the lead role in the color suite for the past three years. Wow. Before that, I was on the DaVinci 2K+, Plus, so I'm a DaVinci guy through and through. All right. And I sat with our senior colorist for five years and kind of had that traditional apprenticeship where you sit next to the, the colorist, you ask questions, you roll the film, you rewind the film, you shuttle the film, you cue the film. And he was fantastic. He's actually in Vietnam now at a post house, so, you know, the world travels of a colorist and had a great relationship with him and you know it, it's really a nice thing to be able to apprentice with someone and I feel that's something that's kind of going by the wayside and a lot of people are having to learn from online tutorials and you know sticking their face in manuals but for the most part the apprenticeship is something that you really can't replicate anywhere else and I find myself very lucky to have lucky to have experienced that yeah. And also credit the guy who I worked with because he was incredibly patient with me. I mean, I'm sure I asked so many dumb questions. <laughs> and, I, and I just sat there next to him and watched his hands, watched his eyes. Uh, I had loaded all the footage, so I was familiar with it. And I'd play with it beforehand, set up looks for him. And it was just a, a good relationship back and forth that I kind of hope more people get to experience. Yeah, well, I have to say you are a lucky man because – in this new world where the price of the software has dropped and hardware has dropped and and you know there's on the one hand there's a great opportunity for people to plow more production quality into into projects and things like that uh, at, a, at all over the place but the of course the problem is learning these new tools requires you pretty much to roll your sleeves up and do it yourself right and um, and I, I can only wish I would have had the same experience. Do you want to say who this this uh, senior colorist is, or are you want? Yeah, no, him? that's totally fine. Yeah, his name is Bruce Bolden, mm-hmm. and Bruce uh, came over from the West Coast. He worked out in Seattle uh, and Portland, so he was uh, out there. He did some music video work, um, you know, when in the early '90s when the grunge era was pretty pretty <laughs> hot. And uh, then he got an offer to come over to the East Coast. He moved his family up over here. Yeah. And uh, he's been over here for a while, and actually just recently, about six months ago, he got a great gig in Vietnam, and he's been out there for the past couple of months and uh, has a contract out there for the next couple of years. So I try to keep pretty close touch with him, and he's, I mean, I give him all the credit in the world. He is a fantastic colorist and an artist all the way through. Well, Rob, 
First question I want to ask is is um, normally one you might ask at the end, but it was the thing that 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 really caught my attention when I came up to you at NAB. You were right there on the end there. They stuck you right out there. Oh yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. the first one. First one. I think okay, I'm going right to him, as I'm sure all of us did. Anyway, one of the I said so. Look, I'm a colorist for all myself. You know, what's your first impression? What do you think of this? And the first thing you said was, well. Bottom line is when I get back to the office, uh, this is going to be really painful to have to start working (laughs) on 9 when I know that I can do on 10. So now that you've been back to the office before we get into some details, is is that how it turned out? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I got in on a Friday night and I worked on and I saw Resolve 10 and I worked on it and it was the first time I had seen it. So I was getting used to it, getting learning to the new tricks. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of things in there that were really helpful. Mm. I've already worked on nine, well, what's today, Wednesday? So I already worked on nine for a couple of days, and I find myself... Reaching for... <laughs> reaching, and the, the user interface is just a touch different just to throw me off. Yeah. I say, oh, yeah, I actually know this, but I wish there was a little bit more. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's hard, it's hard, but... Um, I'm sure with with time I'll get back used to it again, and then ten will come out again, and I'll have to switch it all up all over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, how, how is it you got to demo Resolve Ten? How did that come about exactly? Well, kind of the way that you and I met um, through Twitter, really. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, so the way that har- that started was I was just talking about Resolve on Twitter, hashtagging it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And a New England representative for Black Magic saw my tweet and said, "Hey, do you work on Resolve?" And I said, "Yes." <laughs> and and they said, "Well, we're always looking to demo artists. Would you like to um, come speak at a local wedding videographers association?" So I said, "Okay." So they sponsor this local New England wedding videographers association, and I gave them a quick little half an hour. Hey, look! You can make your videos look awesome with Resolve, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of my interaction with Black Magic from the start. And I got hooked up with a couple people from there, some New England reps who had me give some more talks, and they said, "Well, I guess this guy can hold his own." So, <laughs> come uh, you know about two months or so before NAB, they just randomly reached out to me, and I said, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> well, so uh, having done a lot of. Uh you know, work in booths over the years for vendors. Uh, luckily, not recently. I, I know <laughs> after about four days on your feet, you begin to wish <laughs> wished you hadn't volunteered for that. But uh, uh, what, what sort of prep work did they have for you? I mean, it's like there's so many new features in this thing. It's not you, you're an experienced colorist, but suddenly having 40 new features to demo, uh, that's different than going to, you know, wedding bunch of wedding photographers and show them something they've never even seen before. What, what was the prep for that? Well, the prep was crazy. <laughs> um, the biggest thing that we had to do was we had to be ready to deal with people like that are experienced colorists, such as yourself. Yeah. And then people that, hey, I, I downloaded light and I've never colored anything more before in my life. Oh, yeah. So we had to work with an incredibly wide range of audience. And at NAB, you know, they, they pump through, you know, must be nearly 100,000 people, that thing, in, in four to five days. So they flew me in. I got in on Friday night at 1 a.m., which was 4 a.m. my time. So I was pretty wiped. And then Saturday, I walked in to the Black Magic booth and said, all right, 
here you go. So the first time I saw it was literally Saturday morning. And we had an NDA signed and all that kind of stuff. You know, we weren't allowed to talk about it. But for me, really, it did no good because I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they have um, they hold their cards very close to their chest, as they should, because they're very – I mean, the if I got word of the 4K camera and tweeted something out, that would have, you know, totally blown up their plan. So, you know, they hold their cards very close to their chest, and yeah. I don't blame them for it. Yeah, for sure. But – I didn't know anything until Saturday morning. So we got a demo Saturday morning, and then we sat in front in little teams of two or three artists, uh-huh. and we sat in front, and we just pushed it. We said, let's try this. Let's try this. What does this do? What does that do? And we could ask questions and get feedback really quickly. So that went very well. And then on Sunday, we actually got on the floor and got to work with the panels for the first time because I, I had never used some of the panels that were – Oh, on the yeah. demo floor. Right. So that was a whole other thing that I was <laughs> worried about as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of time to prep. Yeah. I had about 48 hours to learn it front to back. Uh-huh. And it was a little intimidating yeah. and a little scary. But, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, you really don't have a choice. You got to do it. So <laughs> yeah. we did it. And uh, I think it went off pretty smoothly. Well, you stepped up for sure. I was wondering if you could relay a story to me uh, or to to our audience here that I was asking actually a little bit about this on the floor, and you were talking about how impressed you were with the Blackmagic um, software development staff that was there. Uh, Can you talk more about that? Yeah, they were incredible. I can tell you firsthand that the reason why Blackmagic delivers such an incredible product like Resolve, it's got to be solely to their engineering team. They are I was blown away and impressed by them. Uh, basically, when on Saturday when I walked in with not a clue in the world as to what I was getting myself into, <laughs> they had a team there of about four or five guys that they had flown over from Singapore. Wow! So they had there was a group of colorists and then there was a group of so- a group of software developers. So they really those two groups really go hand in hand. One really relies on the other quite heavily. And so we have no idea what we're doing as far as the software is concerned because it's our first time seeing it. And they know all the, all the kinks in the software. They know what works. They know what, know what doesn't work. The thing that they don't know is how to push it, how to use it in a way that a colorist would in a professional environment. And maybe break it or something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. So they said to us, they said, hey, just, just act as if you're working. Go ahead and work as fast as you can. Um, Use your let your muscle memory take over and tweak the knobs and push the curves and so we did and if something would bug out or not behave the way we thought it should we'd raise our hand and we'd say hey can you look at this we'd show them to we'd show it to them they'd go back onto their laptops type out some new code <laughs> install the software and less than a half an hour later the bug was fixed or the the demand was was changed and. That was just in the course of two days. Wow. So I can only imagine what they're going to do with the feedback that they got from NAB. And then they have six more months to work on this. So I imagine this is going to be super smooth, work really well, have all the boundaries tested. And who knows, maybe there will even be some new quirks in there that get fixed. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, I kept coming back and looking over the shoulder of the demo folks and I don't think I saw but one 
you know, one kind of glitch or hang up. I'm sure there were some. I mean, it's 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 beta code or whatever yeah. you want to call it. So I didn't I didn't expect it perfect, but it was. I mean, considering the complexity of the software and the size of the program in general, and the you know infinite number of things that you can do with it, which I was just surprised there weren't more hang-ups. But let's go down this other path you were talking about, um, what Resolve learned. I'm curious what you learned from your experience of talking to such a wide range of people who don't even know what color is but are kind of interested to to senior colorists. What were the, some of the takeaways uh, in, in your experience in their responses to Resolve 10? I'd say it was very positive for the most part. The biggest thing like with the new people, the people who have never colored before, who got a free version, you know, downloaded light or maybe right. got a, a won it in an auction or something like uh, that. Mm-hmm. The biggest question that I got was simply, how do I color? <laughs> yeah. Very broad question. Makes sense. <laughs> yes. So, you know, my response to them was to say, well, what do you do? What are you looking to do? Are you a one-man shop? Do you work at a post house? Right. And the the most common response I got was, I'm a guy doing it all myself. And I shoot my stuff, I edit my stuff, and I deliver it from corporate to music video to commercials. And from that point, I just really kind of said, all right, well, let's set coloring aside. Let's set the software aside, and let's just talk about how do you analyze an image? What do you look at in an image? Do you see the, the shadows? Do you see the highlights? Do you see the midtones? And what do you think is wrong about them or what would you like to change? Mm -hmm. And we just kind of would talk about analyzing images and then I'd demonstrate for them, okay, this is how we analyze this image. Now this is how we're going to change this image. So I'd kind of start off with conceptual information and Mm -hmm. then move it along the way down towards the line of actually doing it on, on the Resolve. That's really very interesting. I think that just plays into the overall strategy that Blackmagic has had in having the light version, and so it would follow suit that um, there would that they have um, tweaked the interest of a larger audience, which is a, a lot of us uh, that are in smaller groups. Essentially, I mean, I know in the Austin, Texas area, uh, ever since two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And it's not just because of the change in the economy, but I think it's just a change in the way things are d- being done in post-production and in post, is the shops are getting smaller and more distributed. Right. They're not more. And in fact, it, so we were having some conversation about this locally, and it's like someone posed the question, he says, do, do you think it'll change? Do you think like if the economy suddenly gets really, really good, will everyone go back to work for large shops? No, actually. I don't think that's what's going to occur. I don't either. Uh, you know, with the cameras dropping in price, da, 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 da. there's a lot of factors that play into it and getting away from the what's right or wrong about it or anything. The reality of the momentum is there's just a lot of independents working in one, two, three, and four-man groups, and not always all even in the same area, um, that are doing projects. Right. Right? And, and they've got these tools, and they're like, okay, I know I need to do this. How do I do what I do and add additional production value and make it look better? Right. So uh, it's very interesting. Well, okay, so that's on that end. What about on the higher end of things with regards to experience? What sort of things that uh, seem to just continually get people's attention or get them excited about it? Uh, randomly, one of the really big things that people were really excited about was the JPEG 2000 and DCP output from the render page. I know personally, I myself have been asked to do DCPs, 
and we've sent them to other shops just because we haven't had, we don't have the know-how, we don't have the software, and frankly, we're just not ready to do it yet. So it's losing out on that business that we would generally get for just essentially doing a conversion for someone. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, I was one of those that said, DCP, all right. You know, yeah. uh, I've had a lot of the fe- festivals and uh, documentaries yep. I do, you know, people are like, they're like, okay, now how do I, you know, they're like, if I could do the DCP part, because I also do audio finishing. So if I'm doing audio finishing and the color grading, you know, they're like, yeah, but I still got to do this last step. There was um, a major film guy here in Austin, name will be, and I will, will remain anonymous. Anyway, that finished a major film that went to Sundance and whatnot. And I know the editor for it. And uh, she said, we couldn't find anyone locally that we knew that was doing DCP. Right. So we sent it off to this place in LA. Yep. And uh, as usual, last minute, we got it. We got the files of the drive, really, uh, in Sundance, and they, the thing premiered. It said it looked horrible <laughs> because, <laughs> oh, no. see, the problem is, is there are things that can happen even in that last stage, right? Yeah. And um, it just made a lot of sense to me that ultimately we be the guys, we be the dudes, the folks that get involved in that last step. Right. And uh, I'm really delighted. I'm just just delighted and, and, and hope to hear more more about that. I searched out the... What is it? Easy DCP? Is that the yep. name of the guy? I yep. found them over and way back somewhere, and they could barely speak any English. They were all German. <laughs> sure. and tell me more. Of course, they couldn't, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, it was great. Well, let's yeah. see. All right. Well, let's just go through some of the other features. What were some of the things that just t- today you just wish you could reach for the knob and use out of all these things that they've added? Uh, let's just go over some of them. There are way too many to go over, but what are the top ones for you? Well, I think there's two ways to to look at this. I think there's the productivity and creativity that the new features have. And productivity, I'd say that the gradient power window, the whole new power window is huge. Yeah. Um, Just because it just cuts down on mouse clicks. It cuts down on actual time you have to do stuff. I mean, you used to be able to do a, a power window gradient essentially by taking a circle and changing the aspect or taking a rectangle and making it bigger. Multi-steps for that. Exactly, exactly. But now you just click it and then you're done. So that one is really big as far as, you know, moving a session along, keeping it going, keeping it flowing. And frankly, if you have a client sitting behind you, that's the thing that they really want to see. They want to see you (laughs) moving and, you know, not wasting wasting their time. Right. Because time is money for them. They're, They're paying to sit in there with you. Right. The new Bezier windows, I oh, think, yeah. are really good. I as swear well. those look like they they work more smoothly now. They are way more smooth, and that's something that, in like you said, how we go. I went back to nine from working. <laughs> that's that's the one that probably cut the deepest. Um, they're just so much smoother now, and they really behave well, and they have a really nice curve and feel uh, to them. Yeah, that just yeah. feels a lot more natural, and that's not knocking nines. Because nines are good, yeah. but tens are just that much bit that much better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that'll also help if you're going to be drawing curves and hugging really tightly for a power window. If that's something that you can do that much more easily, I think that'll also make time move a lot faster. What about all the editing features? What's your what's your take on that? I mean, uh, on the one hand, it's like whoa, wow, but on the other hand, you know, as a 
working colorist. I mean, I mean, what, what's your takeaway from all that? Right. I had I had two types of people um, with their feedback on the editing. Uh, the feedback on the editing was, why do I need to go anywhere else? Why don't I <laughs> sit all in here? And fair question. Yeah, and and I think the answer to that is, you. Technically, you could, but you'd probably be pulling your hair out by the end. Yeah. I don't think they're selling it as – they're not selling it as an offline editor. Yeah. They're selling it as an online editor, and an online editor is essentially to make edit tweaks, to slip, ripple, roll shots, to match the offline. And frank, uh, frankly, the real term of an online editor is to be able to edit multiple formats in their true raw state, not, not a transcoded – ProRes from a red a red footage or something like that. Yeah. So I think as far as the editing's concerned, the way I would see it to be effective if you were actually going to start editing is mm-hmm. to pull selects and color your selects, and then you could create transcoded material from that, edit that material, and then you could bring that back in. So I think the editing features are definitely helpful, but I wouldn't call it an offline editor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's the thing I really couldn't quite ascertain from from the demo. Um, uh, I mean, my first impression was, wow, if I had something kind of short I needed to put together, it might actually be easier just to do it there. And If you had to slap something together, together, you totally could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, some projects are like that. Maybe maybe not for, the obviously, the hiring clients, but some of the personal things you're doing or web content that you're putting up, you know, um, one less tool to bring up. Let's see. So what else? There's um, there's audio level controls with track mixing. I thought that was kind of cool because I do a lot of audio work. It's yeah. good to see that you can get in there and interact more with the audio. Um, that was that was something I was hoping to see more of. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, grade live incoming SDI video. Uh, you know, you know the, the the whole thing where you can have multiple shots up now and output it to the SDI. Oof. That's that's really nice. That. The one of the big things to me was the multiple versions out and the SDI, like you just said, yeah. but also along those lines is in the Lightbox, where Lightbox was released in oh, version yeah. nine, That's right. which yeah. which I thought was really nice. Uh-huh. But now in version ten, they let you do SDI out of the Lightbox, yeah, so you yeah. can put that whole thumbnail view up in front of your client, and you can say, "Ha, that's the problem shot," mm-hmm. and I think that will be something that will clients will really like and it's a nice feature that I can't imagine was incredibly hard to implement because they have already worked on that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so I again that just goes back to their engineering team thinking about things that are useful and handy and stuff that will really just make our lives as colorists easier all right and mad props to black magic for finally giving us the ability to copy tracking data between clips yay the tracking data, yeah, yeah, and I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will save serious time, and and in fact, I think that'll also make creatively things a little bit easier because if there's something that has a similar motion, you could track that, and then the piece that wouldn't track, you can copy it onto that and alter right. it as you deem fit. Right. So I I think that's a really nice handy thing. I'm really excited about the node resizing. Um, because I think I just started toying with it at the end, and I said, well, what the hell am I going to do with node resizing? What What is that going to do for me? What is that and exactly? I missed that. The node resizing is, 
instead of an input or output resize to either zoom, pan, oh, and tilt, right, you can actually right. resize a node. So it's in the sizing tab, and in the drop-down of the sizing tab, there's input, output, and node resizing. That was app. normally applied to the whole clip. Correct. Right, yeah. So okay. what I started toying with on this was, and I just started tinkering a little bit on Thursday because that was the slow day, mm -hmm. I would create a new node, and I'd blur it you know, like crazy, and then I'd zoom in on it a little bit, and then I would, in the key layer, basically turn down the, the key. So it kind of looked like a ghosting image over the, over the actual image, which was really cool. And I also did it and kind of used it as like a poor man's compositing. So I'd like, I'd like restrain it to a power window. Yeah. Resize and then shift over. And if it was like a tree line or something, it would look like, a clone stamp kind of in like Photoshop. Wow. So I, there's just certain things that I'm kind of brushing the edge of creativity. And I think that I got just enough of a tease of it that I haven't really gotten to implement it, but I'm really excited to get there soon enough. Cool. Well, let's see. Was there anything you think that might've gotten left out? As far as that, that they should have implemented or that people didn't see that much of or, well, yeah, I mean, either one. I mean, maybe something from your own experience or were there things that people came up and said, geez, I still wish it had such and such? Well, a, a couple of requests that we got on that were on the Resolve Live. Mm -hmm. A couple of people really were excited about that because they were on-set people who'd set looks. Uh, but a major request that we got for the Resolve Live was to do multi-cameras. So, I mean, they just introduced Resolve Live now. Right. And how to do multiple inputs. Again, I'm not an engineer. I'm not really sure how you would do that. But that was something that was commonly requested. But I don't know whether that will be you know, released or not. But I know for sure that Blackmagic listens. There is no doubt about it in my mind that they take customer feedback very seriously. And if someone asks for it and if enough people ask for it, chances are they'll find a way to implement it. Right, right. That's the grade live income. I, I, that was that really blew me away. And they were saying they wanted uh, two or three cameras to be able to. Right, because uh, they might be in a, on a two or three camera shoot. Sure, totally, totally makes sense. Want to copy and paste looks from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a great way to catch early on the difference in cameras too. That's very true. Yeah, especially if one's like improperly white balanced or something. Yeah, well, we all get a bunch of that, don't we? These <laughs> yeah. days, that keeps us in work, right? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, I do the project. Jeez, couldn't you? You know, couldn't we have something a little more interesting besides just, uh, you know, too much yellow because you didn't put the <laughs> setting right on the camera? Yep. But you know, it pays. Um, right. All right. Well, let's see. Um, what's next for you then? For me, yeah. I'm actually wrapping up a feature as we speak, uh -huh. so I'm working on that in nine. Yeah, and there's a couple of uh, big movies shooting in in town in Boston this summer, so I'm hoping to get some dailies work there. I know we def I've definitely done uh, a couple of groups of dailies over the last year because Boston's got a a little bit of a hot town right now as far as uh, productions concerned. No kidding. Really? Yes. Yeah. So I know there's a new. Um, 
I think it's the new Robert Downey Jr. movie shooting here coming soon, and the new Hunger Games movie is going to be shooting some stuff here as well. So I'd really, really, really like to like to get my hands on some of the, that Daily's work and uh, just kind of get a little taste of Hollywood, which I got a little bit of last year. And I know it's just a whole different world in, as terms of, of quality of work and the professionalism aspect of it is huge. It's, it's really an experience to work on. Far out. Okay, well, that sounds great. Uh, I, same here. I haven't had a chance to do any dailies work. I mean, just the whole idea of being able to do it now uh, is even possible now in the last 12 to 24 months in a much more simplified, not, you know, just, it's just more, it's been enabled now with these yeah. tools. And, uh, but uh, I don't usually, um, I'm usually more at the end of the end of the pipeline. Well, all right. Well, Rob, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. No, thanks for having me. It was fun talking to you. All right. And uh, listeners, I'll have um, show notes and links uh, at uh, tomparish.com for this interview. Uh, we'll link. Uh, Rob, do you have a blog that you do? I'm actually in the process of creating a website now. It's, it's right. cur- And there's going to be a blog on it. It's going to be robbassett.com. It's not ready yet, but it will be shortly. Okay. Well, we'll see that that gets on there as well as your Twitter name. And I'll have some links to Creative Cow. There was a whole list of DaVinci Resolve 10, um, all the features, which would be no way we could have covered in here. But uh, No, no. It's, <laughs> it's a laundry list. And that's, that's how, when I got in on Saturday morning and they handed us that list, I said, you have got to be kidding Your me. Your palms start feeling a little sweaty. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Really? I mean, like, really? <laughs> so, Rob, in this interview, we didn't even attempt to go through all the different features that are being released on Resolve 10. It's just, there's just no way. Plus, it's really more of a visual kind of thing that uh, to help you understand really what these new features do. Um, is uh, Did you see anyone actually doing any video demos that went over this uh, in, in any detail that we could sort of add into the show notes? Yeah, actually, funny you ask, because I did one. <laughs> All right. So I, uh, I'll get you the link. It was with some guys from Montreal, from the Final Cut user group in Montreal, and it was about a 20-minute long talk, uh, solely demoing all the new products. And you're listeners might find this handy because it actually lets you visualize and see how the way the new things work rather than just hearing us talk about it. Okay. And you, you actually did the demo. You got to go go over it in some detail? Yep. It was about 20 minutes long. And All right. I, I would think that 20 minutes would be enough to cover it, but I probably need about 50 minutes to cover it all. <laughs> all right. Well, you have a wonderful day. All right. Thanks so much, Tom. <laughs> 